1: And hello again, dear ones. Rev Briz with you. And Rev Z on this end. And together, we're a couple of ministers talking shit. Today, episode number 10, and we are still going to look at race relations in America. It hasn't gone away since our last episode. The struggle, the tension, uh, the protests, the reforms, the call for reforms, they're all still here. And we feel it's appropriate to continue this conversation. So we're calling this It Ain't Black and White, Part Three. And what I'd like to jump into, well, you know, kind of what we keep coming to here, folks, is the question what is mine to do? And no matter what color you are, no matter what religion you believe in, no matter where you were born, we all have a part to play in the healing. That America and the planet is going through right now when it comes to race relations, when it comes to eliminating race-based hatred and violence on our planet. So we circle around this big question, what is mine to do? And I know for me, the last few weeks have been a deep dive into what it means to really be an ally. To... People of color, indigenous people, there's so much out there that I thought I knew. And so many things that uh, I am now currently relearning, doing that in a number of different ways reading books, uh, reading, uh, watching movies, checking out different documentaries. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We also want to talk a little bit more about, well, we've got another brother that. that Ran into some trouble with some police officers this time in Atlanta, uh, and we've got calls to ops, to defund the police. And what does all that mean? So we've got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, I want to jump in and share one more thing, and then I've got a question for my brother Reverend Alzia. What I want to share is I've over the last few weeks I have two primary things I I feel I'm being called to. Number one is to listen, to listen. To my brothers and sisters of color, in what they're saying and how they're saying it at a deeper level than I ever have before. And what I've learned in the last three, three weeks is there's so much more I can do. So, step one is to listen. And I'm doing that reading the books, watching the movies. And then, step two is to amplify, not to amplify my voice, not to amplify my perspective. But to amplify the voices and the messages that people of color are sharing with us at this time. Because I'll tell you, my black brothers and sisters are tired. They're tired of telling us white folk the same thing again and again and again. Every time a black man is killed by police, they're tired of repeating themselves and having to defend themselves to unintentionally malicious white people sometimes intentionally malicious so you know I've kind of got a, a bit on my on my plate here the question I have for you Reverend elzia is as a white guy listen amplify what else can I do to be a good ally in this time in this transformation in this great healing we're experiencing?
0: You know that that's a that's a a good question because there, there there are a number of things that I think that can be done and should be done once you become informed and educated about about some of the some of the, the, the system systemic stuff that's going on and, and and to get inside some of the feelings. And I think once you once you awaken to the idea that there's some injustice going on, and two, as you said, I've done some research and, and I've figured out some causes potentially or some, or some inherent biases that have been built into certain systems, then the next thing is to begin to take action in the fact of however you can. Write a letter, join a, 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 a group that's, advocating for justice, or, you know, if you're inclined politically, start seeing what it takes to become political. Because it has to, at some point, it has to move, and this is for both black and white and red and yellow and brown, and it's for all of us, there has to be a point to where we begin to take action, however we can, wherever you are qualified or feel called. Politically, Uh, organizing, publishing, speaking, sharing experiences, because there are a lot of people, and, and, and I would say that's probably hard now, but there are a lot of people who still are unaware, and for whatever reason. And we have to begin to be educated so that when we meet resistance, and we will meet resistance, that we can speak... First, factually, whether it's current point or historical, we can point to activities that we are doing or that we are involved in that are trying to help alleviate the situation and at the same time raise consciousness about the situation. Because it's 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 immense, right? I mean it's 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 truly the you know how do you eat an elephant thing, right? It's such a big problem and it's so ingrained in a lot of our systems that this whole idea of injustice is 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 rampant i mean when you look at the educational system the justice system the housing system the uh food assistance program all of those if you go back to some of their histories and look at how they were built they had these levers in them that began to exclude people of color black people in specific
1: yes And I believe my understanding and my study, so much of that comes from the immediate backlash, whiplash maybe, from emancipation. Yes. So many of these systems were put into place and immediately perverted to oppress people of color rather than do what they were intended to do i believe empower uplift and inspire and you know we're uh we're kind of jumping around to here a little bit today folks reverend lz and i had a great great discussion in preparing for today's episode so i'm going to cut to the chase here because what we've learned is almost all of this can be traced back to not just slavery but that immediate period in the reformation where policing shows up in america and we end up with the very first system if you will of uh, of police forces in the carolinas what was it uh, early 1700s yep and white men were empowered to stop question and punish slaves at will yep Almost sounds like some of what we've got what we're seeing today, only we take out the word slaves, right?
0: Yeah. And and and, and then you and you know, so that was in seventeen oh four in the colleges of the Carolina. So then if you fast forward that, right? hundred and sixty years forward, one hundred and sixty-one years forward, eighteen sixty-five, when we have uh, emancipation, and now you have a group of people who've been uh, herded or controlled like like let's just be honest like livestock to now that they have freedom and you say okay now you're free and you can do whatever but we 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 have only the skills that you've given us which is to work on the plantation for most for the most part now you had those who were educated underground if you will because it was a punishment for educating blacks to read and so You have this huge amount of people that are free with nothing to do. So now we get the indentured service and the sharecroppers because not only do they have nowhere to go, they have nowhere to live and they have very few skills other than what you've taught. And so now the policing comes in because now we got, you know, a lot of people that are with nothing to do.
1: Exactly. You know, folks, it wouldn't be right to do today's episode without also mentioning that none of this has changed this this inherent piece of stop question and punish the black man for any perceived transgression with no proof whatsoever with no warrant with no uh, no no violation this is part of what has to end and it's still happening and we saw another incident this week in Atlanta with Sean Brooks and for whatever state that man was in and for whatever was happening in his life the end result is we saw another experience where the police felt validated to stop question and ultimately punish this man for from my perspective minor infractions. LZ, yeah how do we you, you spoke about right it's there's still so many out there that are unaware how do we raise awareness that this is wrong and has to stop and has to change without being perceived as the radical left that wants to tear down the structure of american society
0: yeah 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 that that's key right there because that's how it's being perceived. I watched something on the news yesterday, and I'm not sure, I think it was a a police officer or a law enforcement officer who was speaking in Congress, I think it was, and he was bringing up the whole thing about Black Lives Matter, and the the guy who was questioning, who I couldn't see, kept saying, well, don't all lives matter? And I think one of the things is you know, those are the statements, one, that that are reactionary because they don't want to deal with the issue. And I think the way we begin to do that to the question you asked in, in terms of how do we get involved in it is that and not be perceived as leftists or rightists or however you want to put them, is that it has to take place at all levels. You start at whichever extreme you want, the extreme right or the extreme left. And for those who are really concerned about a society that that allows justice for all we have to become vocal and active in all levels. Start from the left and keep moving until we get to the center and keep going until you get all the way to the right to get people to see that this is not sustaining life. And it's causing more division when we we pit one side against the other, where one side has all the guns and the other side has... Uh, and guns, power, and authority, I should say, whereas the other side is just perceived as being a threat and you're acting on accordingly. And so, I think you know, again, it calls for us to get involved at every level, wherever you feel comfortable and wherever you think you can be most effective writing, speaking, running for office, uh, organizing. I mean, because, it's again, there's so many entry points that we can't just say, yeah, well, if we just educate people, it's going to change. No. We can't just put people in political office, it's going to change. No. Because we've done some of that, and over time, it collapses. Because what we're looking at is a systemic problem, and it has to be handled in a systemic way, meaning we have to put... People, places, and things at all points in the system to keep it running.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. I hear you there. And as you were speaking, what jumps into my, my mind is there are often public, civilian oversight or review or uh, information committees within police departments. Yes. Let's get our voices onto those committees. Let's make sure, and, and if you're a white ally, how powerful would it be to sit on one of those councils and know that you're there to defend the black voice that may or may not be represented on those types of councils? Uh, I, my own study, I, I'm hesitant and i have a tough time believing that most black people would would trust those councils would see those councils as a viable means for their voice to be heard because the experience has been that the police can't hear and don't
0: hear the black voice yep yeah and 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 Excuse me, that's a key point, is that when we, the, the, the oversight piece, because when we have these community review boards and these community oversight boards, we need a spectrum of people from all walks, people in law enforcement, people in government, people in education, people in policies, to be there and be present and begin to say, we need a holistic, systemic problem to do, to to in or, or supersede a system that currently is multifaceted whole system. We can't just do it at one piece. And so we start with the review board, let's say, if, if that's the entry point, and we start pointing out the inconsistencies in policy, the inconsistency in what the policy says and how it's being enacted, and, and begin to look at the statistics on, yeah, you tell me you have this, and it's supposed to be being implemented, but when I look at the statistics, they don't match. I mean, you look at stuff like redlining and, and the kids in, between black and white kids who get suspended from school or who get picked up for truancy. Although these things are happening at very similar rates, the number of people getting uh, identified or, or, or punished because of it totally different from what the policies are indicating.
1: Right. We see far too many cases of that in far too many places. So, right, again, folks, we trust that you're enjoying this conversation and that you're asking yourself, what is mine to do? Where can I be an ally to people of color in healing and transcending and moving beyond the systemic racism that is so prevalent is so obvious in our country right now. Uh, and honestly, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's still pretty much everywhere you turn, you can find this happening. And, uh, I re- recently spent a week in the South, uh, in Carolina itself, uh, still very much alive in those places and we're making progress, right? NASCAR has, uh, outlawed, uh, or banned the use of the Confederate flag on any properties or at any events. Uh, statues are being, are coming down other. Uh, the United States Navy finally uh, outlawed the flying of the Confederate flag in any form, sticker or paraphernalia. Uh, the U S Navy, I would have thought we had gotten there a little sooner, but I uh, <laughs> had to see better late than never with the Navy. Uh, so we're to see some of these things happen and as we've talked about on this program before elzia the whole planet is going through a massive massive awakening uh, a a shift in values and perspective and with everything that's happening nothing quite like global pandemic to make us re take a good look at what we believe and what our values are right yes Uh, yes so it would appear to me there really is only, well, there maybe are a few different options here. But when it comes to policing in America, we know it has a racist past. We know the very essence of this, of policing, and the activity of policing individuals has changed. Um, as we were learning, it was originally much more of a responsive force rather than now a proactive force uh, of policing. And I'm wondering, though, is there an option other than completely tearing the whole system down and starting over?
0: Well, you know, I'm sitting here listening to that and I'm thinking, and a and metaphor come to mind of the human body, if you will. So if we, you know, we, we have the respiratory system, we have the circulatory system, we have the, the, the endocrine system, we know we have all these systems in our body. And when something goes wrong with one of those systems, that system itself sends out a signal that something is wrong through a pain or whatever that indication is. Then you go to a doctor and you tell the doctor, look, I got a pain in my side or I can't breathe or I can't do this, right? And they say, okay, let me look at that. And if you got a good doctor, he'll say, okay, let me also look at some of these other systems to see if there's any implications there or whatever. So they start searching, right? Now, and hopefully they find it and then they start giving you prescribing things, not only for the system that is in trouble, but I give you these other things to strengthen the other systems that support it. Right? You, you got to eat better. You got to exercise. You need to take this because you're missing some hormones or some, some uh, uh, minerals in your body. Now, if you take that path, you know, you, your uh, likelihood of becoming a whole system again that's working optimally is good. But if you don't, and this is what has happened with our system in this country is I got a pain in my side. I ignored it. Even though it kept knocking at the door, it got overlooked or ignored. And so now, the human body wants to remain a complete whole system that's functioning. It begins to make adjustments to block out that pain or to subside, whatever, right? But in the meantime, more work is being put on the other system. So pretty soon, that system gets infected and then another one gets affected and pretty soon because we had a problem that we did not look after or or rectify it is a now affected all of the systems and the complete entity called the human body the system of the human body is infected and now we got to take radical moves to start doing things to try to get these systems i.e. and the whole system back together and i think that's where we are now that's
1: a great analogy of the entire school-to-prison pipeline.
0: Exactly. We,
1: we've criminalized an entire race of people. We've enti- criminalized generations of people, and that wasn't healthy for our body system. And now criminal justice is uh, – and justice, let's not even call it criminal justice, justice – is overtaxed and feeling the strain and on the verge of breakdown. And our incarceration system is definitely in breakdown. And there are so many places where we're seeing the decay of the social body based on this one
0: aspect. Yeah. And and one quick thing, you know, that just came to mind when you said that, it's like if someone gets hurt in in, in an accident or whatever, and they go to the hospital, they send them to a trauma center. And in that trauma center, they triage and say, okay, this person has multiple wounds. What is the first wound we need to fix to begin to say, okay, got that stabilized. I can now move on to the next thing. That's where we are now. The justice system, because there's so many inequities there, in the trauma triage operation, that has to be first and then we begin to move out not that that's the only thing we do but because that's the most critical if we don't fix this nothing will get fixed and now we move forward
1: yeah exactly so that brings me to you know what might be the hashtag of the week or the slogan of the week however the idea of defunding the police is not new it's been around there's been discussions around this for quite some time now, decades, in fact, in America. Uh, there have been countries that have done this to to success. And what I what I really want everybody to hear, right? We understand this is a much much bigger conversation than we're going to cover in the remaining five minutes of this program. Uh, so Elzia and I, we've already made a commitment. We're going to continue this conversation next week in episode 11 and we're going to continue to have these conversations for as long as necessary until we see until we see change so we're gonna I'm gonna ask you this week we're we're gonna ask you this week to consider and do some of your own learning remember the first step to being a great ally is to listen And I think listening and education is is a necessary step to get us to inspired action. And Elzia, you've been great in calling us to action today. We're going to do a little bit of both this week. We're going to find a way to be in action. We're going to do what is ours to do. We're going to write a letter, make a phone call, apply to be on a council, whatever that might be. But let's also take a little bit of time to learn what defunding the police actually means. The intent is not to just wholesale eliminate police forces in America. To be truthful, that would be cutting off the arm just because we have a wound. Now, there may need to be some surgery here, and there may need to be some cancerous tumors removed, but I don't believe we're here to throw away the whole system. And my understanding, defunding the police is about moving the money and the resources and the intention from policing to service. From looking proactively going out and finding the bad guy and heading off the crime before it happens and being in a place where we are supporting people through housing initiatives, social justice initiatives, uh, community dialogue, initiatives and the the possibilities truly are out there they're endless and i think it's a great i believe it's a finan- a huge step towards this vision of creating a world that works for everyone now is the time where i think we need to have an intelligent and a, and a deeply researched conversation about what defunding the police really means and perhaps even that leads us to a wholesale change with a completely new system in place. Uh, I have faith and trust that we can change a system that was built on racism from the very beginning. Uh, but I think we might have to talk to some bigger <laughs> experts uh, and I might have to do a lot of prayer. Because the humanness in me wonders if that's truly possible. Elzia, your thoughts, please.
0: Yeah, no, I I I like that, and and I just I just sat here and wrote a question to myself for for my homework. Is I want to see if I can find a point in time where the justice system went from rehabilitation, which there was at one point that element of of the justice system, is to if, the, if somebody got off on the wrong path or whatever for whatever reason, there was an attempt to rehabilitate or correct or, I mean, pick the right word because these words now are becoming more and more meaningful versus punitive response. So, so there's this whole thing about rehabilitating and then there's this whole thing about being punitive, which I think has a, a part to play when we get into this whole thing about warehousing. I know there was a time where, you know, uh, after the slavery piece in prison and people were used to work on the plantations after they were so-called freed. But you know, if, if a young person, let's say, example, got in trouble, they could go in, they could finish their GED if they didn't, they could learn a trade, they could start college, yada yada yada. And I don't know if those kind of systems exist anymore. Now, ideally, we don't want the kids going in there to get that anyway. Right. But for whatever reason, if they do wind up there, let's not put them in a situation where they become worse or more debilitated than when they went in.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there it is, folks. We have uh, officially and completely invested the past 30 minutes into this dialogue. I want to do a quick shout out to our sponsor, the New Thought Media Network for helping us to put this on every week this is a weekly program that we bring to you every friday morning we uh, bring a new episode forward and we're going to keep doing that and keep doing that for as long as it takes so uh thank you to Newsbot media network for being behind us on this and making sure that this program goes out i believe they're valuable conversations That are emerging. So, And uh, thank you for being with me today, Z. It's always a great conversation. Yes, sir. I
0: love it. Looking forward to moving the needle.
1: Exactly. All right. We'll be back again next week, folks. Uh, We're going to call that Defunding the Police Part 1 because I have a feeling even that conversation will be more than just one more episode. So thank you for joining us. Please share this with your friends. Share this with your family. Uh, Let people know that the conversation is happening and, uh, and we'd love for you to be a part of that conversation. So drop a comment wherever you found this podcast as well. All right, that's it for today. Until next time, peace and blessings.
0: Peace and blessings. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking <laughs> We'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other <laughs> our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our sh** with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings.